I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. Here's what happens. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. That's God's word. Now, it's the number 12 best movie of all time, at least according to people at imdb.com. It's the story of a person who, a little bit different, a little bit weird, some people might say. I'm talking about Forrest Gump. Now, if you've seen the movie, maybe you remember towards the beginning when Forrest is on the bus riding to school for the very first time. He's got his shirt tucked in, he's got these glasses, he's got big braces on his legs, and he gets on the bus, and I, there's, there's just a, you just get the feeling like it's not going to go well, this bus ride. And you're right. Because as he starts walking down the aisle from the front all the way to the back, without fail, every kid, they reject him. They shift their backpack over. They throw their arm across the empty seat. They avoid eye contact, or even worse, they glance at him and then look away. Or they just straight up tell him, you can't sit here. It's the worst. It's a terrible feeling, feeling like you don't belong, feeling like there's no place for you. It's heartbreaking. I mean, it might even be why maybe your eyes tear up. Even if you don't normally tear up in movies, your eyes might tear up when you see this little boy. And the reason why it affects us so much is because deep down, we either felt that way, we feel that way, or we have a fear of feeling that way because the feeling of not belonging is terrible. Maybe it was when you were in school, or maybe it's happened to you. Maybe it was this week when you're in school. Or maybe it was when you went to a new school and you went into the cafeteria and you looked around and everyone had their people. They were all having fun, but you didn't. You didn't know anyone. You felt, even though no one said anything, like, like you didn't belong. Or maybe you went into a local bar or a local diner, one of those small places, you know, where you walk in, the bell rings to alert them that someone's here, and then all the regulars, because everyone there is a regular, they all slowly swivel and look at you, and they don't need to say anything, but their eyes say it all, and you feel it, you're not welcome here. Or maybe it even happened when you went to a church for the first time. Or maybe you've been to a church a hundred times and you still feel this way because sometimes that happens. You walk in the door, you know, no one really says hi to you. You see other people talking and clearly enjoying themselves takes you back to when you were a kid in school and the same thing happened. They've all got their people. They've all got their friends. And like some people 
don't look at you and in the moment you can't assume that they're just nervous because it's nervous seeing a new person walk in the door. You just assume they're not friendly and they don't want you there. Or worse, they catch your eye and then they look away and don't say anything. A side note, don't ever do that. Like the rule is, the rule is at, at here, if you catch someone's eye, you are required to stop and say hi. Because think about it. It is the worst. When you know someone's noticed you and then they don't say, oof, it hurts. So you kind of just idle in, you sit in the back and you just feel uncomfortable the whole time. It's a terrible feeling, feeling like you don't belong. Matthew, Matthew knew that feeling. Except for him, you could really make the good argument that it was his own fault. It was no one's fault but his own because Matthew had chosen the life of being a Jewish tax collector, which meant, number one, that he extorted his fellow country people. He stole money from them. He took extra taxes and lined his own pockets. And number two, he was collecting taxes for the Romans who no one liked. It would be like if another country came in and ruled America and you, not, you didn't have to pay taxes to America, you had to pay taxes to this foreign power. You wouldn't like that. But that's what he did. This choice of career, it guaranteed that he would be wealthy, he would have a lot of stuff, a nice house, nice clothes. It also guaranteed that he would be ostracized and that he would have no friends, not, not because of anyone's fault, really, but his own. Because humanly speaking, now yes, the people should have reached out to him, but humanly speaking, there was absolutely no reason for anyone to befriend Matthew. He deserved his social isolation because of the career he had chosen, a selfish career of tax collector. But that didn't stop Jesus. Jesus traipsed by his tax collector booth, didn't ignore him, didn't look at him and then kept moving. He talked to him, but more so than talking to him, and that would have been surprising by itself, more so than that, he invited Matthew, Matthew, a tax collector, to follow him and be one of his disciples. And Matthew agreed. And then Jesus went to Matthew's house and had dinner, which especially in those days was a sign that you loved someone, you approved of them, you accepted them into your circle. If you ate with someone, that meant a lot, even more so than it does today. And this was so surprising that the Pharisees, when they saw this, they were the religious leaders, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And in this text, every time you hear sinners, you could really put it in air quotes. Because everyone's a sinner, but these were just like the really bad ones, at least according to the, to the religious leaders. So they asked the question, they were surprised, but this is just classic Jesus, isn't it? Whoever is on the outside looking in, whoever is alone, whoever feels like they don't belong, it's like he makes a beeline straight for them. When other people are running away, Jesus, he runs straight in. We see him do this all the time. The lepers... The other people who had been born blind and everyone kind of shunned them because they assumed they had done something wrong to cause their condition. The woman caught in adultery. Jesus went straight to them all the time. And it was just who he was. It wasn't like a marketing strategy. It was just Jesus being Jesus, showing love, welcoming, seeking out all people. And it enraged the Pharisees. They said, again, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus responds, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous or the people who think they're good and don't need God at all. I have come to call 
the sinners. So things that deeply offended the religious leaders and drove them away, these are the things that drew Jesus in. Like take Matthew, loneliness, brokenness, baggage, a long history of guilt, even though probably looking at Matthew as a tax collector, you wouldn't, you would just think he was secure in what he was doing and he was just selfish, but everyone's got guilt inside. Jesus ran straight in. So he said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Now let me ask you, how effective would a surgeon be if she were squeamish at the sight of blood? The answer is zero, they, like, more harm than good would come from this. What kind of doctor or other healthcare person, like if they saw a, a hemorrhaging artery or a broken leg or anything wrong with the body and they kind of turned up their nose and thought it was gross and something they should stay away from, like, that would be horrible. But doctors and nurses and surgeons, they, they don't do that. They see it not as something to step away from, but as something to step towards, an opportunity to heal and to help, to serve and to fix. And with Jesus, it is exactly, exactly the same way. He saw our sin, which is a problem, a big problem. And he didn't think less of us. He didn't think, well, I'm better than they are because I don't have any sin. I'm going to stay away. No, he jumped right in. He came from heaven to earth and he saved us. He saw it as an opportunity to heal and restore and fix. And that's exactly what he did. And he did it in really a most beautiful way. Think of it this way. It was Passover weekend and millions of people across, across Israel, excuse me, they were getting together eating and drinking in homes and banquet halls, enjoying the community and the fellowship and the togetherness that they shared. And where was Jesus that weekend? He was hanging on a cross outside of Jerusalem, isolated from everyone who he had ever called to be his community. In another way, millions of people together reading Bible verses, saying prayers, talking about the connection that they had with God as Jewish people, and where was Jesus? Hanging on a cross outside of Jerusalem, isolated even from his God. Remember what he cried out? He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? Why have you left me alone? Jesus paid for all of our sins, like, like when we shun someone else because they're different or they've said or done something that we don't like. Or when we, when we just don't jump in, when you see the person who's awkward or who just looks like they don't have anyone, like they're isolated or they feel like they don't belong, and we, we choose not to jump in and befriend them, he's forgiven us for that. Or, or for the times when we see someone who's different, like maybe they're separated from us by ideology or, or belief or anything, and you don't reach out to them. You don't make the extra effort to cross the bridge and establish a connection and show them that you love them. He, he's forgiven us for all of that by being isolated himself. And the result of this is that every single one of you are included. No matter if you feel alone, no matter if you walked in those doors this morning, if it was your first time here or your 300th time here and you felt like there was no one who really cared about you, if that was you, You've got Jesus. You are included in him and everyone else should reach out to you as well. 
But being included with Jesus in his community, in his family, it is the best. And that is what Jesus accomplished when he was isolated on the cross. So you will truly never be isolated. You will be in. You will be included. Not just now, not just every single day for the rest of your life, but every single day for all eternity. That's the kind of hospitality that Jesus showed you and me, and he died for everybody. Hospitality. It's the focus of our service today, a life of hospitality. Now, you might think hospitality industry, like restaurants or hotels or things like that, but that's, that's not what this is about. There's a word in the New Testament. It's used a few times, almost always translated hospitality. Actually, it's two words smashed together, and the word is philozenia. Two words, philo, like Philadelphia, city of brotherly love. Philo means love. And xenia, you know the term xenophobic, means fear of strangers. So love and strangers, that's hospitality. And there's no one more strange to Jesus than you and me. And yet what did he do? He reached out. So this means that when a person is lonely or isolated, you get to be the one to reach out to them. When someone has differing beliefs than you, someone who you know would never invite you over to their house because they don't like people like you, it doesn't matter. You still get to reach out to them because they're a stranger. It means when you see someone who's spiritually isolated, Maybe you know they have flat out different beliefs than Christianity or maybe you just know that they're not really sure exactly what they believe and they have a lot of questions. It means that you and I, we get to reach out to them and show them how Jesus wants them included in their family just like he has included us in his family. Hospitality means loving strangers. Just look at Matthew. Do you notice what happened right after Jesus called him? It says, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. It appears that Matthew's immediate response to Jesus being hospitable towards him was to invite everyone he knew, and they were all outcasts. They were all the sinners. He said, come on over. Let's have a big party because Jesus just invited me to be one of his followers. Can you imagine if we all responded every day of our lives like Matthew did? Oh, that'd be so different, wouldn't it? So different. Imagine if everyone in the world did that. Wow. Might be, it might be truly a stranger, someone you don't know. It might be someone who seems like a stranger because you just don't you just don't jive, you don't connect. It might be that neighbor, not the neighbor who's the nicest one and always says hi to you and brings you cookies and things like that, but the neighbor who just kind of stays to themselves. And you assume they're not friendly, and maybe they are, but that might be the one you reach out to. So many, so many beautiful things. Um, Forrest, he was walking to the back of the bus. You can imagine how he felt. Do you remember what happened next, though? Some of you said it. I'm not even going to try an accent. It's horrible. But he got to the back, and he was, you know, kind of close to despairing. And then there was a little girl named Jenny there. And he said, well, she said to him, 
you can sit here if you want. And he does, and then he says, I just sat next to her on that bus and had a conversation all the way to school. And next to Mama, no one had ever talked to me and asked me questions. It was the simplest of acts, right? Like She just asked him questions. She didn't come with an agenda or something she wanted to tell him. She just showed him that she cared by asking him a question. He called her voice the sweetest voice in the world. It was very sweet. The sweetest voice belongs to Jesus, who came and not just asked you questions about yourself and showed that he cared about you that way, but he invited you into his family forever, and he was willing to be completely isolated and completely alone so that you would never have to be. And as we live lives of hospitality that reflect Jesus, like it doesn't have to be a huge thing. You don't have to be like Matthew and invite everyone you've ever met over to your house. It doesn't have to be that. It can be the simplest of things. Loving strangers. It might just be holding the door for someone at the store or letting them go in front of you in line. It might be just going to your neighbor that you've never met and doing nothing more than saying, hey, I'm Nathan. That's all. Just wanted to let you know we're neighbors and I'm here if you need anything. It doesn't have to be complex. It can be the simplest of things. But Jesus calls us to love strangers because he has loved us. So God bless you as you do the Philo Xenia thing. As you show hospitality, you love strangers, whether they're literal strangers or someone who's just a bit different, different from you, or someone who just appears like they're alone and they don't really have their people. You can think about it right now. You can look for opportunities even as we finish up worship. You can, you can look for opportunities out there. Is it uncomfortable? Could it be, yeah. are there risks? Yeah, yeah. I, like in the children's message, was there a risk when Greg and Celeste invited us to live at their house and they've never even met us? There were tons of risks. Like I could talk for a long time about all the things that could have gone wrong. But they did it. Could it have gone wrong when Jesus came down and gave up his life? Oh yeah, it goes wrong all the time. He gets rejected more than any other person in the history of the world. And even people to whom he's given faith, <laughs> we don't live perfect lives. God bless you as you live a life of hospitality. God give you strength to do it when it's easy and when it's difficult. Amen.